Welcome to another episode, uh, episode 33 of Mood Connect podcast. Uh, my name is Amy Uzunian, and I am the host of the Mood Connect podcast and also the CEO and co-founder of Mood Connect. Uh, our mission is to create healthier workspaces for businesses and organizations and to help spread the awareness of mental health and wellness for all individuals. Um, and here with me today is our guest, Dr. Jennifer Todd. She's also a wellness practitioner with Mood Connect, uh, as well as um, a, a, a health professional in her own field. And we're going to learn more about that um, you know, um, in speaking with Dr. Jennifer in all of the great things that she's done and that she is doing right now and that she will be doing in the future. Um, so thanks so much for joining us, Dr. Jennifer. Um, and, uh, and before we get started with anything else, I'd like to know, how are you feeling today? Um, I am feeling really well. Thank you for asking. I am excited to talk with you. I'm excited about Mood Connect and really just excited about the work that you're doing. And I have to add here, um, ever, ever since I have met you and we've been um, talking, I have started to adapt the how are you feeling today? And it makes such a difference engaging with people. Um, it, it, you know, at first sort of catches them off guard, but then there it opens up a whole different level of conversation, right? It's not just, how are you doing? Fine. How are you? Fine. But it, I, I just really appreciate that. So I want to thank you for bringing that into my, my um, discussion lexicon. Oh, thank you so much for that. Yeah, you know, I, I see and experience a very similar thing when I ask that question. It's kind of like, a, oh, I wasn't expecting that. And then, huh, it's kind of nice that you asked me that. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so, so I'm I'm really glad to hear that you you know that you've kind of taken that on and um, and that it's you know it's it's an effective way of communicating you know for you um, that you, as far as you've seen. Um, so I so you know Dr. Jennifer, I, we had met um, previously on Clubhouse um, and uh, you know in different various spaces and, um, and I know just a little bit based on, you know, what we've, uh, uh, what we, we, you know, when we know about each other, um, based on our profiles in clubhouse, um, and, you know, and, and from your bio that you've sent me before, but I really like to kind of get a better idea of, you know, and for the listeners as well of, uh, your background in health and wellness, like, you know, how many years have you been practicing in this field and, uh, and what led you to want to be, um, an advocate for, uh, the health and wellness of uh, women and children and in communities in general? Yeah, uh, thank you for that question. So um, I uh, 
I say that public health was my first love um, because I met my partner, my husband, um, after I got my doctorate. Um, so I I have been interested in in public health and wellness um, as, as long as I can remember. I I was um, I remember some some issues that I got really passionate about um, poverty and and um, you know, children living in poverty and the wellness of of mothers. Um, uh, uh, and I realized that the core of it, of a lot of what might be fall under the general rubric of social justice, the core of it was wellness um, and public health is prevention and wellness. So um, that's how I got interested in in public health. Um, so I got my doctorate in public health and I studied um, the health of women and children, uh, went to work for the federal government, and um, I ended up um, working for a short time um, on some programs uh, uh, Title 10 family planning and um, uh, programs that help women and children. And then I ended up um, sort of falling backwards into pandemic planning. And I worked in pandemic planning for um, for uh, about five years when I worked was with the federal government. And then I've been teaching at university, teaching public health and um, really enjoying seeing students fall in love with public health like I did. And that um, really re-energizes me. And um, I fall in love with the field um, again uh, as I um, learn alongside the, the students because you never stop learning. So, um, yeah, so that's that's how I have sort of um, been engaged in in health and wellness. Well, we're so glad that you are such a a, a big and passionate uh, advocate for health and wellness and public health um, for you know for our communities. So I'm so glad that you are um, you know a strong uh, uh, advocate for that. Um, but, you know, how has uh, your your practice uh, and the work that you're doing, how has it changed since the pandemic started like two years ago? Like in what ways do you think that you have, you know, been working uh, um, in what areas are you working a little bit more in and, um, and what what do you see that's changed in public health uh, since the pandemic started? Oh, wow. Um, a lot. Um, so personally, I have um, been teaching more. Um, there's been uh, a surge in um, enrollments in uh, students interested in in studying public health because we are right now in a a. In a pandemic, in a public health Public, sorry, public health disaster uh, or crisis. Um, so there are a lot of people interested in how how can can I make a difference, not in specifically the pandemic, but you know, um, this this public health crisis has has shined a light on lots of different um, underlying issues that were were always there or have been there for a long time, but. Um, we're easy to overlook um, and and people are just paying more attention to them. So um, that's how I think think 
public health, um, the academic side of, of public health has been impacted. I think the field of public health is really sort of having something of an identity crisis right now. Um, honestly, I don't think public health has been doing well. We've been on life support <laughs> um, for the last 30 years, maybe. And as a result, we have not been very agile in uh, the collective we and in our response to the pandemic, unfortunately. And, um, and there are lots of contributes um, factors that have contributed to that. Um, but um, we could have done a better job. Um, but so personally, how I have been impacted by the pandemic as a public health professional is a lot of, uh, um, I've been called on more frequently by my friends and colleagues. Um, former employers have have pained me to to help um, because they know that I've, I this is my area of specialty and I've worked in pandemic planning. And so, you know, what 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 can we do to prepare for um, the next wave or what can we do to make it safe for our workers to be in the office? And then what can we do to um, support them while they're at home? And um, so I. I, and I'm happy to offer, you know, um, my suggestions and guidance to to friends and colleagues. And, you know, we're all in this together. So um, whatever I can do to help uh, reassure people um, if they need reassurance um, or just share my little um, corner of pa pandemic preparedness and this this is what is likely to happen. Um, and this is how you can best prepare yourself and your family. So, um, yeah, it's been a really interesting time. It certainly has been, you know, it's it's been a, a challenging time for, you know, for individuals and also for businesses. Right. Um, and, you know, a lot of our focus right now uh, in Mood Connect has been around uh, businesses and creating healthier workspaces. And, you know, I know we've spoken about that a lot before, um, you know, uh, and right now, um, the kinds of people that I'm talking with uh, more and more are uh, HR professionals and business owners. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm curious, like, uh, how, how, how do you feel, um, do you, do you, do you feel that human resources and business owners are, you know, out of touch with the issues that employees are facing? Um, do you feel like they're connecting in a good way with them? Um, you know, what has been your take on, on, uh, how businesses and employees are connecting with each other about health and wellness? Um, I'd like to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, I think that the, you know, the the response has um, for for some businesses has been good and they've been responsive and listening to their employees and understanding that this is, you know, we are living in an historic and historically difficult time. And I think that there are some business owner, owners and managers and um 
supervisors that understand that. But I also think that there are some that have have been out of touch with the workday realities of employees. Um, we get in a routine and we just get taken by inertia. And that's true of all of us. Um, and it's certainly true of businesses. You know, we lots of businesses do tomorrow what they did today and they do today what they did yesterday. And that just keeps carrying on. Um, and I think that the pandemic uh, really has jarred all of us into analyzing our own reality. And um, especially if we've been um, sheltering in place or working from home and spending a lot of time that with our families, uh, work, you know, uh, uh, working from our home office and, and you know, uh, at the end of the day, walking 10 feet in, into the kitchen, um, it, it, we are reassessing our, our, our lives. And I think that businesses are doing the same thing because supervisors are also working from home and managers and employees or employers are, um, going through through this same, I think, introspection about, okay, what is it? What does, what does my business, what is our mission? What is our vision? It, it may be making widgets, but is it just making widgets? Um, and I think um, this has been, um, th this is really, you know, jarred, I think employers, and businesses and management into a realization that they're going to have to make more of an effort to um, ensure that employee satisfaction and wellness are more of a priority for their business because employees are making, and individuals are making wellness and, um, you know, their friends and their family and uh, connectedness and a sense of of mission more a, a part of their lives. So they want that to be a part of their work lives as well. Yeah, you know, I think that um, I, I mean, honestly, I think that that uh, all of us are trying to do the very best that we can, um, and uh, and we don't know what you know what the outcome will be necessarily um for the actions that we take or the changes that we make in uh you know within a company um uh and you know how policy changes can affect the overall uh structure or mission and vision of a company um and uh and so i think that for a while now, businesses have found it challenging to adjust, you know, in HR and business owners um, find it difficult to know how to adjust and how to adjust accordingly and quickly um, and in a way where it, there isn't too much disruption in their employees' uh, performance and their, their employees' day-to-day -day work. Um and uh, and so it's it's been it's been a challenge for sure. Um, and I think that um, 
that, you know, only time will tell really, you know, we were doing all this work from home, working remotely. And then suddenly it was like, oh, now so, so many things are opening up. So many people are going back into work, you know, um, the hybrid movement uh, took its, its, its handle, you know, and, and um, uh, you know, in that kind of change. And then very rapidly it moved from hybrid to now we're in office, you know. Um, and I think that it, it is very possible to do work working in office, but to take take precautions, not just for health reasons, but also to help people to feel more comfortable, to meet the comfort level, right? And um, and so, you know, um, I you know, I, I think I think that that definitely it's you know, it, it is very much of a of, of a balancing act, you know, um, and uh and and really I think that that so many uh, HR professionals, they're just, you know, they're trying to do the very best they can. And, um, and, and, and I, and, and, and I definitely, I support them in what they're, they're hoping to do for their employees and for their business. Um, as I'm sure you do as well. Um, yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, so, so, so in, in what ways do you think businesses could be doing more for their employees to support their health and wellness um, above and beyond what you've seen? Um, I think that workplaces are really becoming more open to different ways to support the health and wellness of their employees. I think they're um, understanding that um, the health and wellness of their their workforce impacts their ability to do business and um, the level of productivity and satisfaction and ability to maintain their workforce. So um, I think that this this issue around um, su supporting health and wellness of employees has really been um, present since the start of the pandemic and, um, you know, the need for workers to either work from home or, or be, you know, surrounded by plexiglass, or whatever it is that, that the adjustment has been. But I think, honestly, in the last six weeks or so, since the emergence of Omicron variant, I think it really looms large for a lot of employers because because of employee illness and worker shortage um, has impacted so many businesses um, so significantly. Uh, we hear about it in the news about, you know, but it's school bus drivers and teachers and city bus drivers and, and trash collectors, but it's, you know, it's everywhere. Um, people are getting sick and have, you know, having to stay out it, while they um, get well. Um, so I think that, you know, business owners and HR managers are are aware of the need to cover the difficulty they're having covering the work that needs to get done while their employees are out sick and the importance of maintaining a healthy workforce, um, not just uh, free from COVID, but healthy 
in general, um, to be able to show up ready to work, um, mind in the game, so to speak. Um, so I think that that um, I um, so I think that this looms large in the thinking of employers to cover illness, co sorry, cover worker shortage. Um, so that's both the inability of workers to come in, show up for their work, and um, also the inability to find workers to fill openings. Um, I think together um, uh, has has raised um, uh, has raised awareness of um, business owners and human resources professionals even more. It's not that they this wasn't something that you know was not on their radar at all, but I think that they're very aware that. Um, they depend on a healthy workforce in order to get day-to-day -day work done. Yeah, yes. I mean, you know, their employees' health and wellness and, um, and also their ability to do their work, um, you know, and, and feel comfortable in their work environment, feel safe and secure is, you know, of so much importance both for the, for the business, but also for, you know, for the, you know, for the company, but also for an employee's personal uh, health and wellness for, for their own, um, uh, I guess, their own peace of mind, right? And so going into our mental health, um, you know, how important do you think mental health is? Because I know it's something that's a little bit cringy for companies and businesses. Like, I don't want to get involved in my employees' mental health, you know, like why should I be even thinking about my employees' mental health? You know, what what are your thoughts on that? Do you think that companies and businesses should be um, you know, uh getting involved a little bit more in their employees' mental health and offering support in that area? Yeah, you know, I think that this is um mental health and wellness is unfortunately stigmatized, and this this is part of it. You know, a, a, a hesitance to um, to offer services or ask people, maybe not ask, but but make services aware. Oh, sorry, make services available. Um, it, it's part of this the stigma around needing to seek help from a mental health profession, practitioner, whatever, um, or whoever that is, whatever diploma they have on their wall. Um, you know, it's, when I lecture on, on mental health, I, I say, I, I long for the day where somebody, um, you know, when you say that you are going to talk to your social worker or psychologist, it's no different than saying, well, I'm going to get my teeth cleaned. Um, it's part of wellness. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's just making sure that our, our body, mind, and spirit are all in sync and well. And we do get, you know, we, we do get out of uh, alignment or however you in, vision that or or whatever however you would like to however that makes sense in your mind but um 
it, all of us at some point just need someone to talk with. And if you don't have someone, you know, that friend that that has just always the right thing to say, um, sometimes we need a professional to assist us to just take our proverbial hand and walk us through whatever it is that we're going through. And um, it can be tremendously powerful and it puts a bandaid on, you know, it's, it's, um, you know, it, it puts a bandaid on a wound that is invisible, um, but is nevertheless a wound. So um, I, I think that hopefully employers and human resources professionals understand that mental health is part of whole health wellness. And if you offer, you know, a dental plan and a medical plan and a life insurance plan, then I hope that they offer some benefits for a person to talk with a professional um, in some sort of benefit um, to get, you know, um, assistance either through a rough patch or ongoing assistance for something that is, is longer term. It's, um, it's, as I say, it's just as important as checking in on your blood pressure is checking in on how am I doing? How, how am I doing in my body, soul, and spirit? Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, and that's why we focus in Mood Connect, we focus on the, you know, wellness of the mind, body, spirit, and bank account, you know, like uh, that kind of yeah. mental, mental and physical and financial health and wellness. Um, and spiritual health and wellness as well. Um, well, so, um, you know, I know we were speaking earlier, uh, you know, in this conversation about the different types of uh, work environments that employees are, are you know, working in, um, work from home and hybrid and in office. Um, what would you say is an ideal type of work environment as far as you can see. Um, I mean, I know a lot of people who have to be uh, present, you know, like, like, um, you know, and have to be uh, in public when they're working, um, that can't be compromised. But as far as for uh, office workers, like, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I mean, because I know that uh, that we've done a lot of remote, a lot of companies have done remote working, but there have been there are mental health and wellness challenges even with that, you know, with working from home. So, what are your thoughts on you know the three different work type environments? Yeah, um, this is a really important question, and I think that this is another thing that a lot of business owners and human resources managers, um, supervisors are are struggling with how do we get back to work um what's the best for our employees and i would say flexibility flexibility is what is best for the employee that may you know that may mean you have to be in the office because of the nature of your work but off you know offer some flexibility um if possible uh if it's possible to work 
to to establish a hybrid schedule, then, you know, um, hopefully work with the employee to figure out what is best for them, because some people really want to be in the office. They they miss that that time with their colleagues and um, catching up with with friends and just just the social atmosphere, Um, even if they just stay to themselves. They just need to be in that atmosphere. But then there are people that have been working from home since um, March 2020 and are doing fine and loving it. Um, so it, I think it depends on the employee, what what the um, manager, the supervisor, the HR professional and the employer, um, what kind of agreement they can they can reach where there is flexibility for the employee, but the employee is satisfactorily providing service and and, um, doing their job wherever they are located um, to uh, a level that is uh, that meets expectations of the employer, which is obviously reasonable to ask. Yes, absolutely. Flexibility is so very important. Um, and so I, you know, well, one more question that I had was, um, I, how do you, you know, what, what ways, what are some simple ways, uh, that you think, um, managers and employers can, um, can offer that kind of, uh, um, a kind of healthy environment for their employees, like just some simple uh, um, things that they can do uh, in everyday kind of communication or in everyday uh, um, tasks that they, you know, assign and things like that, you know, um, that don't require so much policy change, you know, um, just simple human to human kind of actions that uh, that managers can can take with their employees. Um, such an important question. And thank you for asking. Um, the, I, to me, the answer to the question is in the question communication. Um, I think that, um, employees, whether they're in the the office in a cubicle right next to their, their supervisor, or if they're across the country working remotely, um, communication, I think the fact that we have been um, a lot of us have been geographically separated for so long has really highlighted the importance of um, intentional communication from top down. What you know, and whatever level that is, um, you know, middle manager to um, administrative assistant or president to um uh, senior manager does whatever the the um the level it doesn't matter just um intentional communication um validation of uh, of you as an employee that you've shown up that you are despite the difficulties going on around us that you are at work and you are focused and you are doing your best. And I, as your supervisor or your manager or the, the president of the company 
appreciate you and appreciate um, what you have brought today. Um, and just, um, you know, jumping on Zoom meetings for two minutes to have your face seen and say, you know, I wish we could all be together. We can't right now, but I'm really glad that you all are well doing well. And I just wanted to pop in to say hi means so much. Um, and it really is such a, a simple thing to do. Um, my one of my my favorite mentors um, who is retired now, but um, I, I spent a day with him um, and he um, he, he uh, oversaw a very large academic department and um, there were like 10,000 um, people in the school. And every Friday morning, he would go around and do his just his rounds and just check in. And he knew everyone's name and he knew the projects they were working on. And he would just not to see if they were there because it's academia. So it doesn't really matter if they are, are there or not. But just to validate, hey, how is that that proposal coming, doctor, whoever? Or, hey, um, Sally student. Um, how is your thesis going? And just to to validate that, you know, he he was the dean, but he recognized it, all of the students and all of the faculty. And he took uh, most, you know, the morning of so, you know, a, a, a portion, a large portion of his week um, to just validate um, as many people as he could. And just the, those simple acts of validation, the intentional communication. You don't have to, um, but the fact that you do is what matters. And it can just be a short email or it can just be a, a sentence tacked on to the end of an email. I really hope that you're doing well, whatever it is, just some um, sentiment of well-wishing or authenticity um, really is important right now for um, wellness, for morale, and um, for keeping keeping people focused on their job and feeling um, important and validated. And that's what, you know, we've seen so many people leave their jobs, um, you know, the great resignation. And so many people are saying, that they're leaving because they didn't feel like like what they were doing made a difference or wasn't meaningful or uh, it, it they didn't feel like they were contributing or various different um, you know iterations of it didn't matter that I was there and um, you know people leave their families they leave their children they leave their spouses whatever it is for most of the week they see their their coworkers more than they see their families so they want to know that it matters and that is something that an employer can offer to an employee that really makes a difference yes absolutely you know what caring is free you know it does not cost one dime to show that you care about the people that you work with and that you care about and, and, and that that what they're doing matters and that they're valuable. Um, 
because if you don't value something, you're going to lose it. Yeah. Uh huh. Is really what it comes down to. And that's something that really was placed at the forefront of, um, you know, of, of, uh, all of our, uh, you know, all, all of our frames of, you know, of thinking once we, uh, were faced with this health crisis and the pandemic was, you know, oh, do I really matter? You know, a lot of employees, they're like, you know, does my manager or the executive team, do they care about me? And if they don't care about me, then, uh, then, then should I care about the work that I'm doing? Should I, you know, continue to, to do my very best? And, you know, it's interesting because uh, I think that what we're seeing now more than ever is that um, that money, you know, like a paycheck isn't enough incentive for people to uh, continue to go forward and, and go into work every day, whether it's working from home or working hybrid or, uh, you know, in office. Um, you know, employees are like, well, wow, you know, it doesn't matter how much money I make because if I'm burned out and sick, am I actually able to even enjoy any of, you know, the fruits of my labor? Um, and so that's why a lot of uh, HR professionals, they're trying to get their companies to adopt other forms of, you know, uh, incentives like, you know, health benefits and um, other kinds of, you know, benefit packages for employees. One thing that I've been seeing more and more now are uh, companies that are, uh, uh, you know, offering healthcare benefits to new hires and not making them wait for 30 to 90 days. And that's really the smartest thing that you can do, I, in my opinion. Um, you know, because we are in the midst of a health crisis still, and uh, and having healthy employees um, is only going to increase the profitability of the company, right? Um, Definitely. So, and yeah. I'll I'll just put in a plug here. Um, I, I think that another thing that human resources could do is um, offer more paid time off if possible, and if if they can't make that that you know if if the business doesn't can't make that happen then make sure that employees understand that they can take their paid time off um when they need to take it and um don't leave any pto on the table uh you know have have supervisors check in when are you taking your your paid time off cuz you know it's really important um I, I can't remember the number, but I think it was something like 2 million days of paid time off were unused last year. Um, and maybe even more than that, but um, employees are afraid to ask to take off. They're afraid for their, their jobs. They're afraid, um, you know, if I take leave, then they'll think that I'm, I'm, not contributing or they'll they'll give good assignments to somebody else or I'll lose my job. So they just don't take leave. And that is 
is just not healthy. We all have to rest. We all have to rest. Um, yes. And it is, yeah, it's so important to, I mean, we can't enforce paid time off. I mean, I guess you can if, if you close the, the company, which some, um, some businesses do just, just close, um, you know, we're, we're closed for two weeks over the summer and you don't have to take your PTO. It's just, we're closed. Um, but it, yeah. Um, reinforcing with supervisors. If so, you know, if somebody asks for leave, don't, you know, don't ask them to explain why you, yeah. you need, you need a week off. You're taking vacation. Okay. I'm no, signing yeah. off on that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, no matter, you know, what the role is, they should feel comfortable and confident in requesting that time off. Um, well, I, um, I, oh, well, I, I was going to ask you, so, um, what are some of the things that you're doing right now in, uh, to, to help offer more, uh, health and wellness for businesses and employers and employees and their companies. Um, uh, you know, what are some of the ways, you know, that you're contributing in that area? So I'm developing a series of course, short courses on um, wellness, uh, uh, wellness in general and wellness in the workplace, like um, addressing burnout, um, uh, a, a, ways to think about and address bullying in the workplace and out of the workplace, um, communicating with kindness. I've been um, working on content on just how we communicate with each other. And I think this is another thing that, um, or this is something that I think we've gotten sort of lazy with during the pandemic is, um, is the way that we communicate with each other. And we just need to relearn how to, communicate with kindness um, and intention. Um, and uh, also um, uh, leadership with kindness, uh, mindful leadership. And so I'm working on these courses um, just to, to add a little um, micro learning around um, how to be um, your, how, how to offer a, a workplace that is um, that values wellness and values employees and um, how to value wellness in yourself and treat yourself with kindness. I agree. Yes, absolutely. Um, and, and you'll be able to um, uh, be able to see these videos, many of these videos um, through Mood Connect um, as employees, uh, HR professionals and managers. Um, if you subscribe to our Mood Connect platform, um, uh, and um, the videos they range from like, is it like uh, what are the time ranges for these videos that you're doing? I'm making them micro learning, so uh, around 15 minutes. Um, Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. Oh, it's awesome. Well, um, thank you so much, Jennifer, uh, you know, for, for meeting with me and, um, and Dr. Jennifer Todd, I have one more question. Um, so is there anything that you wanted to share that I didn't ask you about, uh, already? Um, 
I, I, I guess I would just reiterate um, the importance of treating everyone that you encounter um, with as much kindness as you can. Um, just being mindful um, and intentional in your interaction. Um, if it's if it's with you know um, uh, a a, rest, a waiter at a restaurant, or if it's with your boss, just being intentionally um, kind and present for everyone. You you have no idea what people are going through um, right now, uh, and this is true at any time. But I have just as I teach at university, and um, I sometimes catch myself like sending this, sending an email, your, your paper is two weeks late. What's going on? And then I'll get, you know, an email that explains and my jaw just drops and, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Um, take all the time you, you need. And you, you just never know what people are going through and just, just assume, just treat everyone with kindness. Um, it's, that's the best default setting, I think. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Um, well, thank you so much, Dr. Jennifer, for taking the time to meet with me. Um, you know, I, I, uh, I think that the work that you're doing, it's so important. And, uh, you know, and, and I, I value everything that you're doing um, and contributing uh, in in public health, in uh, health in the workplace. Um, and I'm so grateful to have had the opportunity to be working with you um, in this mission and growing Mood Connect and also in uh, sharing the importance of mental health and wellness uh, in so many different areas in our lives and in the lives of our communities. Um, and uh, and so thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show today and uh, and chat with me. Um, and you know, I just I I I wish you all health and happiness for you and your family. Oh, thank you so much. Likewise, Amy, um, you're doing amazing work. It's so important, um, so very important. And I am. Um, filled with gratitude that our paths have crossed and our missions have aligned so well. So thank you. Wonderful. Well, uh, that's all we have for today. And, um, and uh, I will put in the show notes, any, um, any links and uh, contact information that you'll want to have to uh, reach Dr. Jennifer and Dr. Jennifer really quickly. Um, uh, if people do want to reach you, uh, what's the best way that they can reach you? Are you like, is it through social media or um, any, any of your, any sites or anything? Yeah, like I, I, have a website um it's pretty easy jennifer todd wellness.com um, awesome all one word jennifer todd wellness oh great okay yeah well i'll be sure to put that in the show notes um for our spotify and um itunes 
podcast and also in YouTube and anywhere else that you get your podcast, you'll be able to see that contact information so you can get connected with Dr. Jennifer um, and uh, learn more about the work that she's doing, um, you know, in the world of in world of public health and also in Mood Connect. Um, uh, well, so wonderful to meet with you today and um, and uh, and um, to not forget uh, our sponsor, um, we have uh, um, a new sponsor uh, called Mary Online Talk Therapy, um, which is uh, the sponsor for this podcast today. So thank you so much for um, for uh, for for that, Cal Mary, and uh, and have a great rest of your day, Dr. Jennifer. Thanks. Great, thank you. You too. Thank you.